Hi. Sorry about the big deep breath there at the beginning. I got to get out of that habit. Uh, welcome to Carpooling with Adam. This is Adam. Um, today I'm traveling home with my favorite beverage from the lunchtime establishment. Uh, so, here's what I want to talk about today, and I apologize first for getting off track. But it had been too long since I had studied stuff in shaping up, and I was starting to forget it, so I jumped back in, started over. And uh, I'm at the part where, at the beginning, where it's describing um, about shaping. And to me, this is so key, and I think where most companies are going to struggle or fail in trying to adopt this approach or methodology. And based on what I've seen, as I think with any new thing, organizations would ask these similar questions of trying to understand what it is, of course, um, and when does it happen in the development process, and who does it. And of course it deep dives into these uh, more, but just taking the higher level look at it at this point, um, what what is what is it? And it's the the whole intent is to. Um, sorry, I don't have memorized quotes or lines directly from the book, but to essentially make sure that you understand where the value is in what you're trying to do to your customer and in your product, um, what it is you're trying to do exactly enough that once a team's committed to the work, there's not a bunch of open-ended questions and rabbit holes that they're going to churn on, right? It's something that by the time you hand it off to a team and get a commitment for their six-week block to work on it, it's well understood what it is and and what to do from there. Now, um, this is right away going to be an issue for a lot of places, especially if you work somewhere that has a lot of... Uh, traditional product management and project management kind of roles and functions in place and especially at a larger or larger organization I see this all the time um, and, and so I think some people people are all over the place with it but here's where I am doing product management for a tangible comes off the assembly line is machined or manufactured versus a software product is very different. There are some elements that are the same, but it takes a different level of understanding um, that often I encounter product managers who aren't willing to invest in, in bridging that gap in their, in their own knowledge and understanding and try and treat it as just purely a business function and talk about those common elements between a manufacturing type product and a software technical product and unfortunately don't get in deep enough to really be helpful all around right um, so as a result I, th I think they make more uh, I don't want to say inferior because that sounds condescending but they're but they are they're 
if I make a decision based on ignorance or misinformation, I'm going to make an inferior decision, right? That's just what's going to happen. Um, so if I don't understand what the value of what I'm asking for is and understand really how it fits into the product or platform that I'm associated with and working with and how it's useful to customers and understand the elements of their user experience, all of this, which is a lot to know, I get it, but most product managers willfully accept that that's, or at least think that they accept that that's the role they're taking on. It's really hard for me to to deal with this concept of, uh, well, most often they're going to pull the shoot early, right? As people are trying to understand, well, what exactly we're we trying to accomplish here, or what problem are we trying to solve, or, or what solution are we trying to offer, or does it make sense for us to offer? They're going to struggle with those questions and quickly dismiss them as that's technical details, that's for the dev team to work out. Or then you've already had a breakdown in in the system or the process at that point and it usually doesn't get better from there without a lot of pain and wasted time and effort and aggravation yeah I've gone into that enough in detail before and I'm sure many people understand what I'm talking about in that situation so and often what I see product managers do is, since they can't make those distinctions, they say yes to everything, right? And then what are, they're in this fury race of trying to get everything done and get it out to one customer after the next as quickly as possible. Every new customer installation has a different quirk or nuance and oh we have to adjust the product to accommodate for that and then we have to push it out as quick as we can and move on to the next one right it turns into this race uh, since I can't decide which ones are the most important which features or enhancements are the most important and which ones I should say no to heaven forbid I get that that's a totally foreign concept to these same individuals who struggle in this capacity um, just say yes to everything and then it's just a race to get through it leaving a horrible wake of quality problems and bad user experience behind them which in the end undermines and could potentially kill the product and kill their their place in the market but again if you don't have that level of understanding you're not going to see that you're not going to understand that you're not going to know that um, what are some of the other things I've seen I don't know, those are the common ones. They, they just pull the shirt, shoot too early. Oh, that's, you're getting into technical details. Uh, no. <laughs> if we start talking algorithms and loops and statements and functions and methods and database changes in detail, that kind of stuff, then we're starting to talk technical details, but most often product managers pull the shoot way early retreat back into the business corner and say that's a technical thing for you to work out. So that kind of culture and climate, this is just not going to work for it. It's just, it's not going to be effective. So let's see, have I talked enough about the what? Um, I think so. 
how would that be, right? To actually leave, have something for a development team to start cranking away at and doing what they're best at doing and building software. And um, without so many of the risks and unanswered questions and loopholes. I know uh, if you've ever been a developer or you work closely with development teams, that's like, there's no such place. <laughs> that's like a utopia, right? So then if that's what the goal is, and I like that they mentioned that this is a creative process. That's one more key element. I'm glad I remembered. It's a creative process. It is not a mechanized, redundant process. And I often wonder if when these kinds of activities have, are happening, if there are people who in the organization who just assume, oh, they're just in there deciding what order to put the if statements in, right? That's the meetings they're having without realizing that, well, it's, it's, first of all, it's very creative in nature what they're trying to do and trying to come up with a solution and do design and think through some of the major issues and hurdles to be overcome. Those are all creative discussions. It's not, it's not ritualistic. It's not automated. It's not cookie cutter. It's just not. Um, and I think some people in organizations have a hard time understanding that. And they just assume, oh, they're just in there uh, deciding on the count of four while loops and how many case statements and how many switches they need and, and assembling them in the right order, right? That's what, that's what software development is. Um, so, so no. So recognizing that it's a creative process and you need to give something to a team that builds software, something that's ready to be built, huge, huge hurdles for organizations to, to get through that and, and have something in place. So that's to the next part of when in the process does this happen. I love how at Basecamp they take the approach of, well, it's ongoing. This isn't a, it starts here and it ends here, maybe for a specific thing that's being considered, yes, but this is an ongoing activity that's always happening. Um, even on maybe its own cycles and its own time frames. Duh! You know, that freaks some project managers out that things could be happening asynchronous and never line up on common milestones and duh! I know, it's, it's given some of the project managers out of their heartburn to hear such stuff. But that's how it has to function. Otherwise, everything that you're trying to accomplish with this process will be compromised and rendered less effective. So then that gets to the next part. Who? Who does this? This is another biggie for organizations. They struggle with it now just not knowing that it's in the context of what we're trying to accomplish with um, with what the process that Basecamp follows. Um, so who they have doing it are seasoned and experienced engineers, not just in their software development skills, but in the product base and platform, 
the source code, the process, the development process. Very familiar with it, very experienced. Why? So that they can be the ones who are going to spot the problems. Most likely because they've encountered them on their own already and worked through them. Or they at least know where the gotchas are. Right? So they can head those off and identify them up front. Can you imagine having those identified and, and sort of work through up front instead of when a dev team goes to push something into a release? Yeah. Right? That nasty situation never happens. And then find out that it's a problem. Never happens in software development shops. Just ever. It's rare, I know, so it may be negligible on uh, the impact on that, but no. It happens all the time. Constant, constant challenge and issue. And some organizations are better at managing, managing it than others, and some just don't manage it and Every release, everyone crosses their fingers, ducks under their desk, holds their butts, and hang on, here we go. So, it's got to be experienced engineers in the company, in the industry, in the market, in the products that you're working with. Otherwise, it's not going to be as effective, right? Um, so... What if, who identifies those people, right? That's a challenge. Um, I've seen often who, someone in an organization who feels it's their position to make that call and who they would select to do this kind of role. Uh, sometimes it's really subjective and it's gonna be off. but it's gotta be people who can work through this. And I did find it interesting that they, they keep this process secret, and then when I read the reasoning, it makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, some people might find that, well, you're being exclusive or, or whatnot, but really, the idea that they do that so that nobody gets wrapped up, nobody else gets wrapped up in, in it until it's time to, right? And how many times have I been or, or others been involved in projects or things where it just turns out to be such a mess and the plug's pulled on it? Or we have a bunch of preliminary meetings and cause a lot of churn and bring in a lot more and more people and suddenly you have this huge circle of influence all sitting at a table regularly trying to hash this out and can't get anywhere, can't come to any conclusion, can't make any progress. So it gets shelved and there's been a bunch of wasted effort, right? If your goal is to hand it over to a development team ready to build, you've got to keep the waste to a minimum. And involving everyone all the time and getting everyone's feedback is just not efficient to that end. And it's frustrating. There are, often I take on uh, menial, tedious tasks on behalf of the team just so they don't have to waste their time, right? I don't want them involved in a lot of meetings and a lot of churn that in the end just takes away from what they, we really need them to do is to build good software. So if there are some things administratively that can be taken off their plate, then I am more than happy to do that. Even though that's not officially my role, I still see the overall benefit to their team and their efforts and keeping their interruptions minimized and the distractions um, 
to as few as possible. So there's a lot of value in that, in, in keeping it secret like that. And not involving everybody all the time in all the discussions about everything that comes up, right? But I think that goes back to you do that when you don't know what else to do and don't have any frame of reference. And if that's the case, uh, the struggle's just not going to end there. So I think those are the areas that lots of companies are, are going to struggle with. And I've seen it in their forum where they struggle with this. Well, but we have project managers who are unwilling to give up on, on their approach. So we're, we're trying to fit it into their current process or model. And it's just not working. Well, of course it's not going to. Um, if they want everything to line up and be linear and fit into coinciding milestones. That's just not going to happen that way. Um, a lot of people complain about in large organizations where multiple teams are working on the same product of, oh, there's just no coordination, there's just no communication, and, and the response is often to pull everybody into more meetings and, and get everyone on the same cadence and the same schedule in the same time frame and um, then that creates its own set of problems that starts to hinder the work to be done to, be, to begin with but you got to be someone that has visibility enough to recognize that and, and know how to help it um, so yeah it, this is what's going to trip a lot of people up well, deciding who, oh, well, do we vote those people in, or how do they choose, and often organizations where the power to make those decisions lies doesn't, do not have the expertise to evaluate those individuals, right, or some may attach uh, promotional things to that, like, okay, well, that should be all of our lead engineers, or make tie it to an existing job role or position, and then there's a perception that it's a career path now. Well, if you do that, then guess what? You have a bunch of people jockeying for that career step up who maybe aren't necessarily best suited for that role. And I don't know if, if this is a surprise to any of you, but not necessarily do all the most qualified applicants always apply for those positions. I, I, I know I'm kind of being a smart aleck, but I've seen it where that's the presumption. Oh, well, anyone who's applying is obviously qualified. Well, no. No. That in and of itself, application in and of itself is not qualification. It's, it's just not. I'm sorry. But it's probably more a reflection on your ability to evaluate candidates and that you know that varies from organization and who does that what and and whatever that's a whole nother rabbit hole so uh, yeah people are going to struggle with this this piece it's going to be a huge struggle um it's most disruptive to existing generally accepted processes and methodologies and approaches and I've already seen a lot of people trying to fit it into their existing one because for whatever reason somebody in the organization feels like it's working really well 
or they're not willing to give up control of certain aspects or you know all those different reasons that are just what happened in human-based organizations uh, they're they're going to struggle with it and they're going to have to make some drastic changes and throw out some some preconceived notions but you if you really get the right people in the right place doing this right job function oh man what a huge benefit it is to the culture and the health and effectiveness of your organization in building the right software products just that statement alone building the right software products man so many companies get hung up on that one for so many reasons but I won't digress into that again. I think I've done that enough before. Unless it comes up again and I feel like it's worth more conversation. But anyways, hopefully it wasn't too fragmented and too rambling. Um, hopefully this makes sense. And uh, hopefully helps your perspective on things. I often wonder when I have these kinds of conversations with people if they I hope they start to notice more not that oh good I've got somebody else who's as jaded as me but I hope the things they've said where at least this is what happens for me for when I'm introduced to new ideas I start to go oh I think I and then I, I pay attention and I notice and like, really? Do those dynamics exist? Really? Is that what people struggle with? And I start to pay attention and I start to realize maybe the problem wasn't what I originally assumed it was. And, uh, I don't know. Helps me be uh, more informed and make more intelligent decisions. Which is always what I'm, I'm striving for anyways. Alright, have a good day, and thanks for listening, and hopefully I made sense, because I actually was organized to have an outline on a sticky note on my car here, it's a really short one with four items on it, four words, so I wasn't having to look at it a whole lot, I was looking at my speedometer stuff more than I was at the note, so, so I'm trying to keep it safe here, because I am operating a, a motor vehicle and want to do so safely. I'm not going to sacrifice that for the sake of a podcast. Anyways, that's enough for me. Have a good day. See you on the next episode. Bye.